Hello and welcome to the FEZ show. It is Monday the 4th of May 2020 and we will be reviewing the second round of the race at home challenge from Electric Docks or the Leicester Special Edition Formula Retrack. Uh, remember, if you're enjoying the content, remember to hit that like button and also hit that subscribe button. Joining me on today's show, as usual, is Jack Pickering and Edward Hunter. Morning, boys. Good morning. Hello there. Good morning. It's great to have you back. Obviously, did you have nice weekends? Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, didn't get up too much, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> well, um, aside from doing editing and stuff, not just for this show, obviously, but for other things, I was watching the uh, esports stuff again, at, uh, as you say, at Leicester slash Electric Dog slash whatever it's called this week in the new poll, Tracky McTrackface, maybe it'll be called next time when we maybe. inevitably revisit it where it's wet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very true, obviously, considering where we'll be going um, next week when we go back to Monaco in the rain. But, boys, I have to start. We predicted it on Friday. We predicted it. Crash Fest. And, oh, my God, was it a crash fest. It was just littered with crashes, Jack. And some spectacular, some not so spectacular, some very silly, some not very silly. Um, but the elimination process, we said this when we, you know, said that the damage model would be at 80%. And, you know, we wouldn't need the elimination process if drivers make mistakes. Because it's a sim racing at the end of the day, they're not all pros at it. So therefore they will make mistakes. And when you have damage set to 80%, you can retire. And uh, half the field ended up retiring. I think it was lap 11. Uh, instead of lap 2 when we're supposed to have the first elimination, um, lap 11 was the first one with Oliver Rowland. Yeah, I remember Nichols saying halfway through the, halfway through the race that we hadn't, had a, we hadn't had a proper elimination yet. Um, yeah, I think this is something that we all saw coming. Uh, the, yeah, this is what happens when you have a really tight chicane for turn one. Um, I, uh, I was surprised that there wasn't more stuff and I'm, I'll be... I'll be honest. I actually missed the, the I actually missed the Van Dorn bit at the start. Um, I was watching it. I was just wasn't paying attention. Um, but um, but no, I think yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was still it was still a very good race. We saw uh, and then, uh, later on in the race we saw the battle between Gunter and Verline until Verline bottled it. But um, but it was still um, uh, it was still a, it was still a very good race. Yes, the elimination format didn't really do anything. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think it was a good race, but yeah, the elimination format wasn't necessary. That's the thing, Ed. If you're going to have obviously damage on, like for example, the F1 esports, uh, obviously the pro driver did have damage on, but the F1 virtual GP does not have damage on, and obviously there was a lot of crashes in yesterday's race, and obviously they were able to continue, and obviously all of them finished. There's no elimination process in in, in that series. But what I find, you know, interesting is if, you know, if we're going to have these crashes and we're going to go to tight street circuits and, we you know, it's probably going to continue unless, you know, formally do a change of heart and we go and race on, like, proper open circuits, you know, there's going to be crashes. These drivers, as great as they are, and they have been superb, I've been so surprised with the lap times that they've been, that they've been doing on, on the tracks and they've been... You know, especially at Leicester, they were as quick as the as their pro sim racers, but at the same time, they're not professional sim racers. They don't have the same sensation going through the corners as they would do in real life. So mistakes are expected, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've been saying about the elimination format, it's I think the the what was the nickname they called? It was Race Royale, which is supposed to be sort of 
it's supposed to evoke, I guess, battle royale and though that's those sort of format of uh, shooting games, basically. Uh, it feels to me like the whole illumination format is something that works a lot better in, say, a more arcadey or less realistic style of game, whereas in sim racing, it, it doesn't quite feel uh, necessary, like you say, especially with the damage up to 80% and at a track like Leicester where the elimination tends to happen quite naturally in terms of you make a mistake, you're out, and or you're so far back down that that's basically a race over even without you being eliminated. So, so yeah, I, I agree in, in that sense. The track, though, Jack, was so hard. Like, I remember doing it last week. It was so easy to make. You know, it was it was wide, which is really uncommon for a Formula E track, it being so wide. But because of the track layout being so fast, like, you you ended up using that road or just completely understeering um, into the walls. And you, if you watch the race again, you'll see so many drivers just tapping the walls, here and there, just hitting the wall. And if the damage... Imagine damage being gone 100%, which they sort of said... You know, at the beginning, once after the Monaco race, when there's basically no damage, you know, we could have seen far more drivers retiring from crashes and far more, far more big crashes. Oh, 100% pun intended. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there was, (laughs) yeah, there would have been, um, there would have been, yeah, a lot more crashes, a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more retirements. But yeah, I think. I think 80% is the correct thing is the correct thing at the moment because it means that some, like like people people like Van Dorn who had an absolutely atrocious uh, atrocious start um have um uh ca- can continue in the race and actually I think he finished P4 P5 somewhere around there and so uh and so yeah it was still a de- it was still a decent result for him uh but yeah uh, but yeah, the track was one of the problems, and the main chicane and and the chicane was was uh, was the big one as well. I reckon had they had they changed, they, they they should have thought about it before they did it. So if they were going to have a chicane on that main straight, they uh, they should they should have had it before the start finish line in the pits. But um, that's just that's just me waff- that, that that that's just me waffling. But um, but yeah, no, I. I I really like the circuit, even though it would, but mainly because it was just so fast and flowing, and uh, and so and even though there weren't that many overtaking spots, it was still so it was so cool to see uh, Formula E cars go through sweeping asses. Yeah, it was it's literally flat out, and it's scary as well. Like as I said on Friday show, like you need to have big cojones in order to make sure you do that fast left right sweep before you get. Ah, oh, it was just like. You you're just daring. You you bend. You try not to lift. You try not to break too hard going into that section. So you know it it requires full commitment, which was great. So I do think it was a good track. But Ed, something that we talked about on Friday or or last Monday, whenever it was, it was something stuff that needs to be improved. And the coverage was one of them. And I'm gonna give my hats off to Formula E. They did improve the coverage. We talked about no replays. There were replays. We talked about not even having a lap count, so we knew where we were. There was a lap count this time. So I feel like there was obviously there was good steps in the right direction for improving the actual coverage and, and the whole spectacle that the fan gets to enjoy. Yeah, they even did a few minor things that we uh, didn't badger them to do. Like at the starting line, when the lights went out, there is a green light graphic that came on the screen and then held for a few seconds before going away. So, So yeah, they did do things do little things like that and uh, arguably this is sort of what the test race should have been for to figure this stuff out but still uh, better late than never with the replays especially 
No, it, it makes sense. Um, and it's obviously good that they got the start because, you know, hilariously in the F1 esports race, that they, they missed the start. So, you know, mistakes, mistakes can easily be made, but at least they're, they're rectifying them slowly. So I, they were things that Formula E obviously just had to do because, you know, last week's in, in Hong Kong, you know, missing obviously Van Dorn's huge crash, Jack, and not knowing what happened. So, you know, it's a, it was a big step up and they needed to make it considering what the likes of F1 are doing and IndyCar and, and all the others that are out there. They needed to make that improvement. Well, yeah, and they uh, and and they really did. They uh, they involved some replays for the first time. They uh, they had a lap count, so we knew what lap we were on instead of the last two weeks where where uh, where, where where we had to rely on Nichols just saying whatever lap we're on. But um, but, but no, it, they made some uh, they made some good improvements. I'm I'm still guessing on the fact that they're watching this show because 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 all the improvements are stuff that we all mentioned in um uh, in the last week. So um. So yes, uh, hi everyone from Formula E. Uh, thank you for watching. Um, yes, I think it, uh, uh, I think it. Uh, I think they did make some big improvements. Um, there, there are some. There are some other things that they do need to improve on, but that's maybe not to be. Uh, that that's maybe not on the broadcast side, and maybe on the maybe on the actual, um, uh, on the actual game side. Yeah, for me though, still. You know, the names, you know, I don't understand, like, if you look at IndyCars, for example, and obviously Formula 1 are using the, the Codemasters sort of format, so you can see, but it's still clear. I still don't think Formula E's names of where people are are clear enough, if that makes sense, Ed. You know, they're still quite small. It's not, you know, if you compare that to Formula E's official, you know, list of names when we watch a race it's it's tiny compared like the gap between each it looks like an excel spreadsheet that hasn't actually been you know spread out at all yeah and i wonder if maybe that's because obviously they've had a lot more time to you know over these over several seasons to get the graphics uh, in the, the most visually pleasing and easiest sort of way that kind of works here for formerly broadcast whereas here maybe they've sort of just Again, it's a consequence of them having coupled it together. Uh, and you'd think it'd be something they, they could they could work on in the future. But uh, another thing I noticed, it's just more to do with the format than the broadcast, but they skipped uh, the sim races qualifying. They did. They went straight into the Formula E drivers qualifying, did the sim races race, and then the Formula E drivers race. And we never really got a recap of the sim races qualifying, which ended up being crucial because Peo Pev, who qualified on pole, won the sim races qualifier, uh, sim races race from pole. So it would have been nice at least to see his pole there in my opinion yeah and that is an interesting thing that we're going to get onto very shortly actually about how they changed format i thought that was interesting but there is you know for me there's a clear reason why jack they did that it's simply because of how it was a one minute 20 lap so therefore fitting everything in the qualifying session two race sessions you know it, it ran to schedule without the sim race, so sim race qualifying session. So therefore, if we had the sim race qualifying session, then they would have had to have either start the event earlier or they were going to finish much later, which was been no good for Jack Nichols and Dario Franchitti when they had commitments for the race, you know, literally 10 minutes after um, the e-race had finished. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I think um, uh, I see the reason why they ditched the sim racing qualifying this week. Um, 
to to uh, to be honest, uh, I uh, I do occasionally because I ha I've got nothing else better to do to do in lockdown. I have got lots of uni assignments, can't be bothered. Uh, I uh, but uh, I've been like uh, I I have been messing around in terms of, like what what uh, what would be kind of like the best format to do because uh, but because over the last few weeks we we've we've discussed these other things of like maybe having a longer uh a longer race in generals and then uh so so we have about like five ten laps until until the elimination format starts so yeah i've been messing around with that and yeah and and uh, and i have put the sim races qualifying to one side so so um so that so that the broadcast can go so that the broadcast will go smoothly but um yeah i think uh it's good that they recap the results of qualifying uh i think uh, well they needed to otherwise we'd just go into the race thinking what on earth's going on but um but yeah i think um uh i think it's i think it's all dependent on the circuit uh, whether we whether uh, whether they show sim race uh, sim race qualifying or not um they they're always going to show the drivers qualifying but qualifying is nowhere near as important as the race so as long as they show the race everything's good Yep, and the first lap, so you know, better than Formula One from yesterday. Um, so what I want to move on, just a quick race review, because obviously Stoffel Van Dorn again, two pole positions, but boy, he can't catch a break. Even in the F1 esports race, he couldn't catch a break. On pole for that as well. On pole, crushing at the first arcade, did it again on Sunday for the F1 esports race and completely lost it off on traction going and, and, and it didn't damage his car, thankfully, because there's no damage in, in that race for F1 esports, but obviously fell down the order. Obviously massively damaged his car, Ed, um, for the Formula E race. And again, once again, driving the race like that for the whole full 15 laps and still able to get home in some decent points. I think he, he moved up. I think he was fourth in the end. So, um, you know, a decent result. He wasn't fourth. He was fifth. That was it. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where you, you, you always think you're going to be clear until you clip the one bit of the chicane. It just bounces you into a wall on the other side, basically. And it is an easy thing to do. And the funnily enough, I think Van Dorn, dropped a few places and then went climbed back up to second briefly because Andrew Lotto, who was sort of the beneficiary of that, uh, ended up uh, spinning into the wall the lap after. <laughs> so Van Dorn did get back onto the podium briefly before dropping behind a few other drivers whose cars were uh, less encumbered by uh, steering difficulties. And then obviously, Jack, we had Andre Lotterer, who then was next to spin, obviously profited, went up into the podium, was doing really well, fighting with Pascal Verlein, and then he... He binned it at the turn one chicane and then was, you know, starting this sort of procession of drivers that started to bin it at that first chicane. I'll be honest, I've kind of lost count of how uh, of how many people and who actually went off. Um, but uh, but but one of them that I do remember that was quite race deciding was Pascal Verlein going off. Um, I, I don't think it was actually at the first chicane. I thought I think it was at the final corner. He just went too deep and slammed into. No, the wall. it was the first chicane, Jack. No, it was, what, what, it was what, the first chicane. Was it the first chicane? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I well, and then and uh, and then for then for Max uh, for Max Gunther, it was um uh, it was just plain sailing. All you need to do is bring the car to the finish, and so yeah, it was. It uh it was a real race of attrition. Um Yeah, and obviously Maxi Gunther, you know, he wasn't the quickest driver. Pascal Verlein for about ten laps before he 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 managed to smash it into the wall at, at turn one on lap eleven. You know, he 
he, Pascal was on him. And Maxi Gunther for the last two races, Ed, hasn't actually been the quickest driver. Stoffel van Dorn probably has been the quickest driver over the last two events, um, obviously by getting the pole. So he's been the man really to beat, but he's beating himself at the moment. And Maxi Gunther, give him credit, the boy is super quick. But the key thing for sim racing, which everyone needs, is super consistency. And that is what he has. Indeed, and I bet, Jack, you'll be hoping when uh, they do the wet qualifying for Monica that your super consistency wins out <laughs> and gets you up from 57th place. But yeah, in the case of Maxi Gunther, it's uh, really stood him in good stead. While those around him have uh, lost their head, he has kept his... So that it has been really impressive. And of course, every... Maxi Gunther is really highly rated. I think we had him like a third or fourth in our top five Formula E drivers of the season so far, for season six, and we did that earlier this year he was just behind Evans and Costa because uh, he's beaten both of those in all the sim races so far because it's won all of them uh, so yeah the, the only real thing is that he's not quite been over the outright one lap pace over Stoffel van Dorn but uh, you never know we could see him really domi potentially dominate this championship in all the remaining races it's interesting to see, you know, obviously from then on, from the crash, obviously Verlon went backwards. He really damaged his car and he was getting overtaken left, right and centre. And he was even, he was pushed to the last point, you know, from like Jean-Éric Verne overtaking him at the, at the final corner. So he went from second and they were nearly like 10 seconds clear at this stage, all the way down to 10. So, you know, the damage, it really affected him. But I suppose... In terms of the crashes, at least they were actual crashes and, and not forced crashes or not deliberate crashes, Jack, as we've also seen this weekend in across the esports world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bold man to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were some, um, uh, yeah, there were some other incidents. Uh, thankfully, none in, none in Formula E, none, none as far as I'm aware in the Formula One, a few in IndyCar, and um, uh, and yeah, um, none in the race. Um, but yeah, no, it was yeah. I uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna dabble on this this incident for long, but um, yeah, I I I am disappointed in uh, in Simon Pagano um for doing that, but yeah, that's 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 all I really want to say on the matter. Yeah, for those of you who obviously don't know, reference in the IndyCar race where they decided to actually deliberately crash into each other um, and sort of ruin the spectacle um, towards the end. But at least we didn't see that in Formula E. And half of our crashes at least were up drivers actually getting it wrong. So, boys, the last big topic that we want to talk about, and I think this, again, we've we've spoken about this now for ages, and I'm, still, I'm a still big believer of it, but at the same time, I can see it not happening. And that is... A DLC for R Factor 2 with some official Formula E tracks. Now, let me go back to this because we talked about the coverage earlier, and I think this is really important that they cancelled the sim race uh, qualifying session. Now, the track was 1 minute and 20 seconds. Now, if we go to a circuit like Silverstone, if we go to a circuit like Sao Paulo, if we go to a circuit like Malaysia, and I'm listing these tracks because these are actual tracks that R Factor 2 have created in the game, which you can download for free. There are tons of tracks on there, but some of them aren't actually made by R Factor 2. So therefore, I don't see Formula E going to a circuit that's made by a mod. You know, Zanvo is also there, for example. So if it took us 1 minute 20 seconds to do the, that qualifying session effectively for, for round Leicester, 
imagine how long it's going to be round Zanvor or round Silverstone or round into Lagos, for example. You're going to look at one minute 30 and even some close to nearly two minutes, probably. So in terms of a broadcast side, I don't see them going to those tracks because it's going to take two. You probably won't have a chance to fit in the sim race if you're doing a 15 lap race. And I don't think energy management is on. I, I Because of... I don't know. I haven't obviously seen. I think in the in the practice sessions that I've seen, you know, there, there's no energy management. So like it stays at a hundred percent. So I don't think you know during the race it, it goes down. I, I need to probably check Stoffel Van Dorn's VOD um, to to double check that. But I can't remember seeing the energy management actually going down. So there won't be any energy management in those races. But the coverage, I think, is the huge one. Is that it will take so long to fit in races, Jack. If we do go to Silverstone with Zandvoort, they won't be able to fit in everything that they want to get in. No, and that's that's probably one of the reasons why they don't want uh, why, why they don't want to go there. I think with the decision, um, because I, I I am now going to bring this up because I am not happy with this decision. We're going to go back to Monaco, and it's going to be wet. Yay! What, 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 why are we going back to the same circuit, but only wet? Wow! Oh my god, it's amazing! Um, no, it's t- why, why, why well, are we going is, back to the same circuit? But where? where? But the, it's... It, even in the test race, though, Jack, like there wasn't much overtaking. Monaco is such a hard track to overtake. You know, there wasn't that much overtaking. There was obviously a lot of bashing and barging. So I reckon there's going to be quite a bit of damage anyway, even though it's in the wet, with drivers trying to overtake them anyway. Yeah, and. Uh... And yes, it's it's just going to make it even harder. And it's a circuit that we've been to, and I just don't see the I just don't see the point. And the the but the fact that they're going to these circuit does do make me believe that we will end up at other official Formula E tracks. But I just I just don't see the point in like uh, all Monaco, but wet Hong Kong, but wet. Oh wow, that's going to make tons of difference. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't I just don't get the point. I I I'm hoping that. In the in the next couple of weeks, they they're going to finally say right, okay, there's a DLC and it's coming out because, yeah, there's just no, I I don't see the point in going back to a track that um that that we've been to before just because it's wet. Because the thing is, right, if Formula E were to do that now, they're going back to Monaco, but they'd still have two tracks that they'd have to you know fill, Ed. And I know you're not the believer of a DLC coming, but at the same time, you know. We can't go back to the tracks that we've already done. It doesn't. It doesn't look great. You know, you've got IndyCar going to tons of tracks because they can. You've got F1 going to tons of tracks because they can because they've got all these tracks in these games that they're playing. Whereas Formula don't. Unless we go to a track that's very similar that but no one's heard of, um, that is an R Factor Two mod, for example. But again, I can't see that. So when you look at the coverage. I, I don't expect us to be going to tracks that, you know, R-Factor 2 have made, which is Zandvoort, Silverstone, Malaysia, and so forth, because they're just too long. Yeah, and I wonder also if there might be licensing issues, potentially, in terms of especially using Formula 1 tracks, in terms of, like, if you put all the Formula a sponsor I, signage up. Yeah. But I think that would be, you know, it's a game at the same time, right? IndyCar went to Spa. IndyCar went to Mategi. These things don't happen. You know, V8 supercars went to went to Monza and Spa. So maybe they just don't have to put Formula E sponsorship up for those races. I don't know if V8 supercars and IndyCar did, for example. But, you know, 
if they went to those tracks, I can see Formula E potentially doing it, but I don't know if it'd be viable. Yeah, I guess in terms of, and by the way, I just want to say I really loved how sarcastic Pico was being earlier about his enthusiasm for wet Monaco and revisiting all the tracks he'd been to so far, but wet. But um, in terms of the DLC, I think my issue is that because we've heard from Jamie Regal in the virtual press conferences that basically admitting that this was all put together rather quickly, and that indicates to me that to me that made makes me think that how, if this has all been put together so quickly, how have they um, how how are they going to convince Studio Three Nine Seven and Arfac to to make uh, all these uh, accurate you know up to date Formula E tracks? in the space of a couple of weeks. Because I remember, remember the whole thing about Road to Vegas was they made the Vegas track in four weeks and it was a rush job and there were inevitably problems that came up as a result of that. So for, to me, and that, but of course, you know, that was a small modding team, Studio 397 is a much bigger sort of outfit. So I guess there's that in their defense. But for me, I, I just, I think it's more of a time thing. And sure, maybe uh, having these few weeks uh, on the big already existing tracks give, gives them a bit more time, but for me, it still seems a little too... I think the whole problem exists but mainly because Formula E spent three years not really doing anything with sim racing. And that was three years where they could have spent getting more official tracks in there and now they're having to catch up. The thing is, though, I can't see where Formula E are going to go, even if they were to repeat Hong Kong, Monaco and the Leicester track again. We'd still have two races that we need to fill. And if there's not going to be a DLC, where are we going to go? Because if we do a 15 lap race, if we continue the format that they are using around Silverstone, unless they decide to to reduce the laps, but then that would affect the elimination process and how many drivers are eliminated. You know, I, I can't see where else would Formula E go unless they bring in their own tracks and bring in tracks like Paris, for example, maybe Seoul, or, or, or London, depending on how long those tracks will be. So even though we haven't actually gone to those tracks, you know, that could have been, oh, look, we've put the sole race, it goes through a stadium, it'll look great. London, obviously, there was talks, at, as soon as London was um, announced, if Studio 397 would, would do one. And the mod, the main mod guy actually spoke, uh, who does mods all the Formula E tracks in R-Factor 2, said, I will wait for R-Factor 2 or Studio 397 to tell me, you know, is Formula E going to actually do an actual official track for London? Because if not, then obviously I will make it. But um, I I can't see where else Formula E would go. We can't just repeat tracks because it will just... By the end of the season, no one will be watching because people will be bored. Like I've seen it. They want to see new content. That's the whole point of the internet, Jack, is you want to see new content, new things. And when you go back, even, you know, the wet race, as you sort of alluded to, doesn't really do much for anyone because we've been to Monaco just adding some rain and, and and obviously with Formula E cars having tyres that are all weather it doesn't matter if it's raining the car should still pretty much you know run as it should yeah Mo- yeah Monaco is snow it's final two final two final two race of the, of the year I think um yeah if they do repeat all of them with where I'm just I'm just gonna be not that invested in it I'm gonna end up focusing more on the classic reruns that formula one are putting out on saturday afternoons at the same time um yeah it's yeah so um yeah i think they 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 need some new tracks maybe get maybe have like maybe do donny because they were doing uh, they were originally doing one minute 30s at donny so 
they could do more or less the same as um and actually that was gen uh, uh that was gen one season two so they probably improved about another five seconds on that so they'll probably be about the same times as um as we had on the one that we had the the circuit that we had on saturday i don't know what leicester um, yeah um a track with many yeah. names yeah, Leicester. Leicester's near Donington Park, so yeah, pass on the M1 going up there. So, <laughs> very not true, that very true. Not that very true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah, um, they do need to do uh, they do need to do some different tracks because yeah. yeah, they yeah, I'm 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 gonna be bored. I'm gonna be bored like in Ho- two weeks time if hopefully- they say, if they say Hong Kong in the rain, I'm gonna be bored. Yeah, hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully, again, on Thursday, we can ask the question about the tracks and, and, and what Formula E's plans are on Thursday and, and, and see what they say, and then we can report back on Friday, um, considering you know what they will be doing. But boys, we're running out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Oh, cheers, Derek. And remember, if you are enjoying the content, remember to hit that like button and that subscribe button. It helps us out massively. You've been watching the FEZ Show. We will see you tomorrow. Goodbye.